Yo, I put it like wow. This that sound. These oaks don't work hard like me. I hope they know by now. Bail, bail. Stand my ground. Throw these money trees go overseas like Percy Tow. I'll make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No nigga is allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never, ever, ever think about the drop. Welcome to Sports Fans. It is the MKT show. And it's the day after yesterday, which is today. And then tomorrow's the day after today, which is tomorrow. And then it'll be some day three days away. And then, you know, it'll be that day compared to what I'm saying now. So there's days, you know, you wake up and then you're asleep. And then you, you're awake again. So, you know, that, that's what happens. Cause then you realize Equatorial Guinea have beaten Algeria, which is mental and is awesome. AFCON is a real thing. Cote d'Ivoire, Algeria in big, big trouble. They play one another. Look out for the MKT Show TikTok page because we will have that as a live watch along later this week. And it is now, as they say in the Republic of South Africa, a hamdina. That's Ryan Tinline. Ryan, what's happening, Paul? How you doing, MKT? New haircut, new vibe. Yeah, yeah. You got some strong feedback across the board. Vis-a-vis the whole haircut, shaved vibe. And I wasn't expecting it either. Really? When, yeah, when I walked in, I had forgotten I'd had a haircut because I got it done on Saturday. So it was my first weekend where I had no plans. What did you so, get up to? Well, haircut. Sure, that's one. one of the things, yeah. That's one of the things. And then um, watch some football, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, City, Chelsea. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible game. Um, then I slept, so I had to catch up on some sleep, as you know. And then Sunday, I went and saw some family members. It was my parents' anniversary as well. Okay. But but they're away, so we were just at home cleaning up, making sure everything who, is good. So who was at home, you and both of your sisters or just you? Um, Yeah, both of my sisters. Are your sisters the messy types of people? Like they're only messy when you're uh, like they're only tidy when your parents are around? Because it's a bit of a nightmare. You you, you know what I mean? No, it is. Or, or, but or what kind of person are you? Because maybe you're the messy person, and they're thinking that about you. I can be, but I try not to be. Oh, so, so you are. So no, it is you. No, so I'm I'm not entirely messy. I'm just I'm messy for a bit, and then I clean up. Do if you, that makes sense? No, it doesn't. Um, do do you? Do you delegate to your sisters? Because you're the oldest. Eh? The, the two of them are younger than you. Yeah, my sister likes to think she's in charge. Oh, um, my, family tension there. Yeah, but it's okay. Do you guys fight? Um, do you scream at each other? What's your you, you know? Uh, what kind of person are you, right? Because you you quite you quite <laughs> quiet at work. So quite, I wouldn't say circumspect, but more reserved. You don't strike me as a. You know what I mean. Like you, you don't try to be like Alex Ferguson. We do have our disagreements, but it's not a, it's not an issue. I'm more of an ignore people 
mm. um, when I, when I'm angry, because I'm so I've got a terrible temper. So about ten years ago, I decided, and last year, um, somebody made me super angry, which is the first time in ten years where I've like just the the mist descended. You know what I mean? I'm with you. Yeah. Um, but my thing is, I'm not a screamer. So I, I, I shut down. Like I just tap out. Like if I'm angry, I'm out. Because I know where I, I, well, Wait, I would say more so now. Were you a screamer? Oh, man. So you were? No, no, like over the top. Okay. Like furious. No, no, I'm, I'm the same. I have a, I have a lot of patience. So I have a long fuse. Mm-hmm. But when that fuse blows, See, I'm not a patient person. So we're we're quite opposite there, is I'm not a patient person. But now I decided, you know what? I don't know how to handle people when I get angry. So I just shut it down. I I have to walk away. Otherwise, I get – because you can never take back stuff you say. As much as – like I've told you before, I don't believe in the word sorry, you know? I I think you have to to act sorry. You you can't say sorry. It's too easy. I'm saying. So I walk away. I'm just like, okay, this is going to go terribly for you. I'm not an emotional person. And you've you've pushed me to the brink now. This is only going terribly. Like, nothing constructive is going to happen here. Emotions are going to get felt. I like to get in my car and drive. Is it? Doesn't matter where. Just drive. That's why I cherish living alone, you know? I never, I like... People... No, but it's, it's, it's not a thing that happens all the time. So it's just, the thing is... Whether it be tension at home or tension at work or, you know, somewhere down the line there's some drama or whatever. I eventually, I just, I tap out. I'm like, no. How do you deal? Like, my sister and I, I don't think we've ever had a full-on scream. No, I've never, I've never screamed at my sister. She's never. Really? Yeah, she's not that kind of person. She's, um, she's a very diplomatic person, you know what I mean? Interesting. Um, no, my sister and I can, we can go at it. Cause you must remember, I was in boarding school though. So, and I left. So we, we've never actually lived together, my sister and I as adults, besides when we were adults. So we lived together, myself, her and her fiance at the time. Um, well, he was the boyfriend at the time. We lived together, but it, we were adults then. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't, sure. we weren't, we weren't living at home. We're like, we'd both lived in four or five countries each and grown up. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like we, we still developing. Sure. I've never screamed at her in my life besides when we were young, but I wonder how I deal with it now to be interesting. Cause she's not that kind of person. She's a very independent person, which I love. Can I tell you one thing I've learned? Like, cause I'm, like I said, I'm quite a patient withdrawn kind of guy until I need to be sure. And then all hell can break loose. But the thing is, right, it's the thing because I've noticed it with myself. You really see who people are when they get angry. Absolutely. It's it's like how you say money make more uh, – what's it? Money makes people more of who they are. Yeah, it makes you more of who you are. It doesn't but, change yeah, you. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. change you. I think it's the same when people get angry. You see more – like the truth of them comes out on how they handle situations. Three people will tell you the truth, right? Children. Drunks and angry people. <laughs> Those three people will always tell you the truth. Yeah. You've nailed it, bro. I couldn't agree more. Which is why I always choose to walk away now. I just I just adopt 
and I've, it's been like a, when I say new thing, like the past couple of years, right? If I've, I've said to my sister, if you can learn any lesson from me in, in anything I can teach you is stop caring. Mm. It's, uh, it's none of your business. It's never personal. If it's something on you and it's your business, by all means, interfere. But if it's somebody else's drama, it's none of your business. Stay right out of it. Cause there's no point in getting involved in other people's nonsense or, or just straight up business. It's, it's got nothing to do with any of us. What do you think of you should never take anything personally? Because, uh, yeah, yeah, what do you think of that? No, I, I agree with that as well. But it's tougher. No, it's, it's a tough skill to adopt and especially like trying to teach my sister that because my sister's an emotional person. So she takes a lot of things to heart very easily, by the way. And I have to tell her, people don't care. Like they will, they will have their say and sleep at night where my sister will stay up all night thinking about that one comment or whatever Jeez, it's that's crazy. And I said, that's too much to have on your shoulders. That's crazy. Walk away. It's none of your business. That's the first thing. Secondly, you know, stop caring. Unless it's, it's got something directly to do with you. Yeah, but that's tough. You know, human beings are, are not built like we all have emotions. And I hate conflict. But when I need to have it, it's necessary. See, but that I, I like the upfront conflict because I don't like conflict where the situation dictates that we have to have the conflict. I like where I can see that I'm not happy. I like to address it early before I get mad because I think at least then you're not dealing with a mountain, you're dealing with a molehill. What I don't like is because I'm quite a resentful person. Like, I, so I, I'm not a forgiving person and I'm very, very resentful. Like, once you've wronged me, you're dead to me. I'm not like a, what do we, what do, we do about forgiveness? You know what I mean? Mm. And I think that leads to, whew, I've said some things to people. And I think to myself, oof, they're probably not going to recover from that one. You know what I mean? For me, it's been like, I, I am a resentful person, like, especially now. But it has happened in the past where I've, after a couple of years, I'm like, you know what? That was so stupid, you know? And, and a friend of mine who we, we, we close mates again now, I didn't speak to him for about five years. And one of our, one of our friends got injured a couple of months ago. He's still, he's still recovering and he was in hospital for a long time. And I called him and it was the first time in five years and I'll never forget what he said to me because I don't know how he's going to react. I haven't spoken to him in five years. And he said to me, you know what, Ryan, I apologize for everything. He said, I have said a lot of bad things about you, but I apologize. You know, what happened happened, but especially in this era of, you know, pandemic, a lot of tragedies going around the world. 100%. He said, it's time to put our egos aside. Like, you know, we were, we were probably 21 when we stopped speaking and he said, you know what, that the ego thing played a big role in that. Sure. And he said, now, you know what, let's just, let's just, um, take things as they are. And so ever since then, that was pretty big. That's huge. H how old is he? Uh, he's my, uh, yeah, younger than me. So what? 20, 25. It's funny you say that, Ryan. That's incredible at that age, by the way, I had the same situation in December. Um, there was a there was a bit of a situation 
I would say about 10 years ago. Maybe more. Anyway, there was a girl involved. Ah, it's how it happens. Yeah, no, there was a, there was a whole situation. In, anyway, so the way, the way the situation ended up, this guy felt wronged, right? But nobody was really aware or certainly the way it was at the time. He didn't make it. Aw- he didn't make everybody aware that he was interested in this girl, and her and I had a little bit of a thing. But he was saying, "No, but you knew." I was like, "Okay, well, you might have said something, but like she didn't know, you know, like it wasn't like vehemently clear." So I may have been in the wrong, but then he took it to a whole another place because then he went and said some stuff to her about me, and she told me. Like we were having a bit of a thing at the time. Yeah. And then and then I found out he was saying it to a lot of people after that. And then, because I'm just the person like, although back then I was a terrible human, so it, it's probably justified. But I'm also the type of person who's not forgiving. Like, I, I don't have the maturity to, to say, ah, there was probably a, but no, in every situation you play a part, Right. But I don't have the maturity to say he was right, even though he's slighting me. I'm just like, no, you're against me. You're dead to me now. Yeah. And I guess that's maybe that's the next evolution I have to make as an adult. You know what I mean? And it's interesting your friend did that. But anyway, myself and this guy had had a conversation in December. Out of nowhere, by the way. Uh, Actually, you're not inspired. Gareth, Gareth Cliff. Oh, who, who follows Ryan on social media. They're yes, big time buddies and Ryan's a big time producer now, obviously. Big mates with Gareth Cliff. Um, last year, he said one of his things that he writes down every year was squash a beef, basically. Wasn't it like um, the thing you had to do on a Monday or something? Well, yeah, it was one of the, those things. But he said at the beginning of the year, I can't remember whether, whether he... Because he went through a phase where he was doing it, I think, every Monday or, or whatever. Mm. But anyway, it was one of the things he said. And I thought, like, my life's going okay now. Let me call this guy. Not, not, not because I'm at peace. But I don't, we don't need that out there. Anyway, so we, we had a convo and we, we, had, we ended up having a coffee. And it didn't make me feel any better. Like, I'd, I thought maybe I'd... I realized I haven't really matured in that sense. You know what I mean? Like I thought yeah. I'd be, thought I'd come in there. Oh, forgiveness. I'm Mother Teresa. You know what I mean? We squash it. It's like old times. No, sir. No, no, no. Like. Oh, so it didn't make a difference. Eh? Not to me. But I think it is situational, depending on the beef that you're trying to squash. For me, I didn't want to speak to those people ever again. But after my friend had that accident, and we weren't even speaking much at the time, the guy who had the accident, but we had been friends for like a long time. It was my old group of friends. And it was, it was such a bad accident, like to the point it's taken him six, seven months of recovery, surgeries, multiple surgeries. And it just got me thinking, I was at, I was at work the one day, and this is my old job. And at my old job, I wasn't really happy in what I was doing, so I had a lot you know, I was thinking about a lot. And I think I also heard one of, I used to listen to Gareth all the time. So I, I probably listened to one of those. And I thought, let me call this guy. Because I got this news from friends of friends of friends. And 
when I called him, I didn't know what to expect. And so when, when he said what he said, I was even shocked. And then we met up afterwards and now we just as good friends as now as we were back then. But I, I think it, like I said, it's situational. It depends on, cause there's another friend of mine who I've written off and I probably will never speak to him again. And I was even thinking of calling him. And even that dude was like, no, don't. It's not worth it. And I probably will never speak to him again. Which is sad because we're like good mates for 15 years. It is sad. But if there's one lesson I've learned over the last two years, never say never. You, you know, I've, no, had, I've had some people. And I'm extremely resentful. I can't tell you enough how, how deeply I take things. Because I take, I take things very personally. Very personally. When, when it's personal. Like I don't, um, cause I don't have that middle, middle ground sort of thing, right? So emotionally, I always try and be a six or seven out of 10. But when it's personal, it's over. Yeah. Either way, like it's never going to go well with me. Like, oh, well, it was all right. Like I'm just not that kind of person. I just don't have that maturity. It was somebody once said to me, forgiveness is a gift that is only given to the strong. The weak can never forgive. And it's something I carry with me, whether right or wrong. It's a very interesting thing. So like yesterday, I was with somebody who's very, very important to me and has, has helped me develop more than I've ever realized. <clears throat> and we were talking about patience because a 95 year I ever told you about Rose. So she's 96 this year. What an old duck. Yeah. You mentioned a couple good, of Good friend of mine. She... No, no, she's known me since I was in the scrotum. She knew my father. Again. In the sack, you know what I mean? No, no, she didn't know my father in the sack as in. They yeah, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't sleeping together. No, no, I understood. No, it's, you need to be clear. No, I'm... Well, I, I, there might, some people might listen to this <laughs> and go, I can't believe your dad slept with a 90-year-old. No, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> They've known each other since my dad was, what, in his 30s, so 60 years plus. Anyway, she always says, you, you know, people say patience is a virtue. But she, her and I came up with a, an addition to that a while ago. So patience is a virtue of the extraordinary kind. Patience is a virtue of the extraordinary kind. And I'm not a very patient person, by the way. I'm maybe the most impatient person you'll ever meet in your life. But I was talking to somebody yesterday about my lack of patience. And we were talking about forgiveness and being nice to people. Because I'm not really like a nice person. I'm just like, I am who I am. That's going to go however it goes. Some people are actively conscious to be nice. Some people are just nice people. Because there, there are, despite what Twitter says, just nice people. Really well raised. Not anxious. You know, trusting like, you know, balanced. I don't think there's any such thing as a balanced person, but relatively. And I'm not um, really that way inclined. And I had a really interesting conversation with somebody about the value of being nice to people. Like, is there an actual value? You know, being nice to people, is it valuable or should you just be yourself the whole time? Because I just think people, all people are selfish, Right. But it was, it, it was very interesting to to talk to somebody who's who's been through a lot, and she said, "Yeah, look, you're gonna have to work on that uh, patience and uh, be nice thing." 
I thought, okay, well, I'll think about it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I do respect you, but I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to change. But I'm still only 36, you know? Yeah. Maybe at 50, I'm like, oh, what a waste of energy being. Nope. Well, it's been nice. Like frustrated. No, right. no, 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 no. Like when I'm 50, because I look back now at 35, 30, I'm about to turn 36. I remember saying, yeah, see, I have no idea how people who don't watch the game with brewskis do it. You know what I mean? Like a couple of coldens. Like now, the thought of a, of a beer makes me sick. Do you know what I mean? And it's not that long. I only stopped drinking, what, 2013? It's eight years ago, nine years. Yeah, geez, nine years ago now. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm. It's not that long. I'm, th- I'm 30. It's only a third of my life. No, oh, well, I mean, I, I, I used to get um, questioned all the time about why I don't drink. Because I, I go to concerts. I won't, I won't take a sip of anything. Yeah. Why would I want to go to use those filthy bathrooms? <laughs> I, I purposefully don't have any. And everyone's, oh, but how can you go see a concert sober? Yeah, it's a smart and call. I'm, I'm like, I want to remember it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I'm saying is back then, I can't imagine not being sloshed for the football. Yeah. But here I am, a mere 10 years later. Oh, so alcohol, never, alcohol, get that away from me. So never say never is a thing. Never say never. Like now, I have a rule. No alcohol in my house. Nobody can bring alcohol to my house. So I don't have a lot of guests because people like to drink. But no alcohol in my So, you know, never say never. Never say never. Somebody wise once told me that and I didn't believe them. And here I am living it. All right. Forgiveness, huh? Be nice to people. Let's see how it goes. Maybe, maybe I'll be nicer. Maybe I won't. Who knows? Twenty twenty-two. Got a lot. Got a lot to do this year. If you if you are nice to people, it changes the way they handle certain situations. I've picked up because I'm. I try and be nice to everyone because I know you are an incredibly nice person. But I, I don't do it for me. I do it because, like, I know when I go to restaurants, that waiter who's serving me, he's. It's not the it's not the greatest job in the world. Sure. It's probably one of the worst jobs I could think of. Yeah. And I would hate to do it. So I'm like, how can I make his experience a bit better with me? I'm not, I'm not saying you mustn't ask for certain things, but I just I say, you know, I ask very politely instead of giving instructions. I find I find if you're nice even in the workplace, if an employee is if an employer is nicer to me and asks me in a nice fashion to do certain things, I'm more inclined to work later and and do a lot more than what I am if I was told and, you know, under duress. Then why must I, why must I go through all this trouble if I'm just going to be treated this way? If you treat people nicer, they want to, they want to help. So, so unless I'm mishearing you, but do you think it's more important that you make people feel a certain way rather than just be matter of fact about it? So it's like you're more responsive if somebody makes you feel as though you're a part of something where you're, you're, you're part of the decision-making process. You're respected. You're yeah. tr- trusted as opposed to, Ryan, just do that. That's what I – in my old job, I used to do health and safety, right? I worked at a factory. Sure. And one of, one of the suggestions – now, I worked with my cousin who – was very good in, in, in that kind of stuff. And I learned a lot from him. And one of his suggestions that I was helping him work on was instead of telling the factory floor what to do, why don't we get representatives from the factory floor into 
the meetings, into the decision-making processes so that they feel as they part of the business too. It's not just management behind a closed door. And you know what? It works so much better because then the employee's like, you know what? We're also invested in this thing. We want to help. How can we help on the floor? They're willing to actually change their behavior because they're at the table. They're not around the corner behind a closed door. I heard a heartbreaking story. I think that's a fair point, what you're saying. So it's classic management. Uh, if you're into management, you should read um, a classic book. So Taylorism, which is uh, – uh, so, so Taylor, one of the the father of something called scientific management. You can go and look that up. Go and find that book, Scientific Management, something that changed the world forevermore. Um, one thing you'd, I never think about Like I only ever think about myself Because that's all I have to think about You know Like both my parents are Hopefully they've saved enough money Like I don't know I don't really get involved in their financial stuff You know what I mean Or they haven't come asking for money yet <laughs> <laughs> So thank God If there is one Um but you never think about somebody's experience after a bad experience. Like, if you think about somebody who, let's say, is alone, not lonely, but just lives alone, and they get an awesome promotion. Like, how awesome is it if it's just you? You know what I mean? Mm. And, and we're not all the same. Like, for me, that's awesome. I love celebrating by myself. Everyone get away from me. I already know. I, was, I expect to be successful. This is awesome. I can't wait to get home. You know what I mean? But for some people who are otherwise wired, they like to share experiences. The, the classic saying is a pleasure shared is a pleasure doubled. And I never think about those people. like Because the inverse is what if someone got divorced? Like, that's forever now. You're not divorced for, like, when you sign the papers. Like, that whole lives forever. Do you know what I mean? Like, death is one thing, because that's built into, you, you, like, it's tragic, but you have to build death into the business model of life. It's just what it is. But divorce is not, right? Especially in this postmodern, uh, what we call... Uh, we went through something called romanticism. So this post-romanticism era, which was only about 150 years ago. It's like, now that's quite a thought. That's quite a harrowing thought, you know? It's quite harrowing to think. But it depends on the circumstances again. Because what if that divorce was what that one person really needed? They wanted out. Sure, but they're still divorced. Nobody gets married to get divorced. Like, like I agree with you what you're saying. Yeah. And I've always said to my parents... In a very serious manner. Thank God you got divorced. Their careers went to another level once they left each other. But they're still divorced. Sure. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe... Because I'm fine. Like, I don't know how to relate to other people. Because I'm doing great. On my own. <laughs> like, I'm loving it. But I was talking to someone yesterday who's like... Why do you never... This person I was telling you I really respect. 
She's like, why do you never think of how somebody else is experiencing you, first and foremost? Because I'm quite an aggressive person as well. You know, I like I aggressively protect myself. Not really like, uh, I wonder how you're feeling about what I'm saying is I'm saying what I'm saying. Good luck on the end of it. See you around. Whereas, well, people are also receiving your message. They've had a bad day. They fought to their mom in the morning. You know, their boss just gave them a grilling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, I was also explaining to her, like, I hate going to the shops and the, the ladies at the till want to talk to me. I hate that. I always talk to the ladies. I know it's like, cause so you're a nice person. No, you're a nice person. <laughs> you are an engage, you're, 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 you're a very, very engaging person. I am not. I'm like, okay, I'm here to shop. You're here to ring stuff up. Neither of us want to do this. Uh, but what do we, string it's a, it up. It's a, it's a pleasant part of life. Just ring it up. I'll put it in the bag. I want to get out of here. Have you ever thought about one conversation can change someone's life forever? See, my mentor said that as well. But, but you know what? You, you know how I always think to your, to, and this was my counter. And I'm not being funny. I don't think I'm that interesting. Like, I never think talking to me is going to change anyone's life. Now, I've got some, some strong opinions and I've done some cool stuff in life. But I never think, oh, this is going to change someone's life. Having said that, I love storytelling. So I'm, I'm caught in a little bit of between a rock and a hard place. But you don't think being featured on, you know, the main show on Cliff Central, you, you don't think like Gareth would have you on if he didn't think you're interesting? Again, that's how other people see me because other people think I'm interesting but and I'm not being funny. I don't think I'm that interesting. I just think my life as I'm living it, I imagine everyone lives like this. But I find people always go, no, no, they don't. You're crazy. But this is, but if that's what people are perceiving, then it has to be true. It's the same thing as what Simpio was saying earlier about the humble thing. How you can't call yourself humble. Other people have to call you humble. If other people perceive you as interesting, sure. then that means surely you strike some people interesting. But I, I can't disagree with that. It doesn't change how I see myself. Cause I see myself as, I think if you, if you were around me for long enough, you'd go, this is the most boring experience in the whole entire world. Who, who live, like who raised this, like, like ham sandwich? You know what I mean? I no, I'm with you. I'm with you. But, but I don't know. Again, like, Whenever I, whenever I'm around people, they're like, oh, that's so interesting. I'm like, oh, no, no, that's just something I did. Oh, really? Tell me about it. Okay. Might as well. Wow. That's amazing. Do you think people listening to this podcast find you interesting? I don't know. I mean, they wouldn't listen if they didn't think you're interesting. It is the MKT show. It is. It's literally my name. And now we're going to a break. So earlier on, we were speaking um, at Cliff Central to Simpiwe. Um, oh no! Maybe I shouldn't have said her name, but it's too late now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, 
Let's hear it. You know, it's a wild scene. <laughs> there are so many wild scenes on this planet. The the dynamics of how to present yourself to a, a lady you find attractive. So again, yes, there are gay people and lesbian people. Yes. Okay. But we're not talking to you now. I'm talking about heterosexual people because I can't pretend to be lesbian. I'm not lesbian. Yes, we both like women, but I'm a man. Okay. It's a different WhatsApp group. Yeah. So we're not talking to you. This part of the sermon's not for you. But you can relate because people are people. But we live in the most unbelievable time of how you can approach and how pe- people do approach women now. Because back in my day, you know, as a bully, Best case scenario, you get her number from someone, yeah, steal your dad's phone, text her. You know what I mean? Then we moved on, BBM. No, no, no. Whoa, you jumped the whole thing there. Mix it. I was never in the mix it thing. I went straight BBM. No, well, you see, there was mix it before that. Mix it back then, you had to get the number, add them as a friend on mix it. Yeah, I skipped over that whole thing because I always used to text. Texting in South Africa was too expensive. No, it was crazy. Were you overseas? No, I was here. No, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was 75 cents per text. No, but 75 cents now and 75 cents back then. It's two different. No, it was crazy. It was crazy how expensive it was. It's probably about two rand now. What, to text? Yeah, 75 cents back then. It's probably about two rand now. The value now, yeah. Anyway. A message, by the way. 160 characters. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. So crazy. Anyway, so I had the most interesting conversation with Simpiwe, and she was telling me there's a whole situation where she's being asked to be whisked away by somebody in order to, to commence things, you know what I mean? To move things in the right direction. What do we think about that? As I said in this conversation, <laughs> and I told some people I'd circumvent the conversation, but I will say what I said. And I just said, as long as there's an end duration, like, because I'm, well, I'm speaking from my perspective. It could be different with the way guys are hitting now. It's different, different speeds. For me, I need a start and an end. Like, I need to know at this time I'm going to go home. So, like, an overnight thing and in a different location, it's it's not a thing for me. But if it's just a casual... I mean, this is before we've, we've even meeting. Met, yeah. Met, yeah. Geez. This is before we've met the person. No, right? West Rand, I mean, you know, that's the sort of English they produce. You... <laughs> can't even argue that, you no, know what I mean? I don't know. I know exactly what you mean. So... Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, it's not for me, but. It's crazy. Some guys. Let me ask you this. You can do it. Yeah. No, no, guys are, it's a wild time. DMs are, because it's got to be changing the dynamic of relationships. Like even if, run, if you, if you've got your lady or let's just, let's use it the other way. You're Ryan Tinline and now some lady sees you online. She could be somebody you will never meet. 
No, it has, it has changed. Years ago. It has changed the dynamic. I always say this. I compare dating to Pokemon. Mm. And it sounds stupid. I know some people are laughing at this right now. But this world has become so small. I can sort of find out a name of someone. And, you know, do you remember like when you... In, I don't know if you ever watched Pokemon. No. So, when Ash was in the wild, or whenever he was like looking for Pokemon, because you would catch Pokemon. If he saw a Pokemon in the... Wherever he was, in the forest, in the wild, whatever you want to call it. It's been a couple of years. They had this machine that would scan the Pokemon and tell you the name of it. Oh, so it's an app. Certain things. Yeah, but back then it was, you know, just like a revolutionary thing. And it would scan. It would tell you what the name of the Pokemon is, what it's likes, dislikes. And now I compare dating to that because you can find any human being on this planet by just searching a name on Instagram. And a profile pops up, gives it gives a bio of what the person thinks. It gives pictures mm. of where they've mm. been. You yeah. can find out an entire being's life story without even speaking to them. And just jump in conversation. Say, oh, I saw you in Mexico. How was it? Without even speaking to them. How, like, comprehend that for a second. Like, now, it's like looking up a Pokemon. You can just find, like, <laughs> it is. You can find anyone. And I'm not just talking about girls. You can find any guys because everyone wants their social media to be the best version of themselves. The best version of themselves only. And see, that's the dating is finding the flaws. Yeah. Which is weird. The whole concept of it is crazy. You can look up someone's entire life story. And if you can't find them on that platform, go to Facebook Mm. because Facebook's a little more real. Yeah. And you can look up their mutual friends. Okay, who are they friends with? Let's see who we can talk about. What are their likes? Okay, on Facebook. Okay, they like this band. This band. It is crazy. It is crazy. That's mind-blowing. But what's even more mind-blowing is let's say you're in a relationship. There's no way of stopping another girl talking to you. No. Like, I, like, I don't care what your lady does because back in the day – you had, to, you had to get access. It, or it's gonna I be, want your number. It's going to be a problem now. Like if, if some girl wants to talk to Ryan, work, college, or the club. You know what I mean? And also references are a lot easier to find. So you can see mutual friends and say, what are they like? Oh, Horrible. Yeah. Don't even go there. Yeah. 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 No, that's... And that influences that as well. Even though it could be a complete story. You don't know. Like back in the day, you could move to a new village. Like 300 years ago, you pack your stuff up. Start over. Yeah. Move three villages away. No one knows you. He's just a vagrant. But now, like I, you say. And anyone. Yeah. This is the thing, right? Having phones and social media now, you're always contactable. It's crazy. Is it good or bad? I think it's bad. It's horrible. Wait, what's bad? The fact for relationships or just for human In relations? General, you shouldn't always be on. We're not made to always be on. That's why we're made to be awake for a certain amount of time and sleep for a certain amount of time. You need that time to reset. It's called the circadian rhythm. Yes, absolutely. We are evolved around the sun. I hear you there. And I remember when I was a kid, I really wanted a cell phone. And I think I had one. But it was like, you know, an old, old phone Still had snake on it. And I'll never forget, my dad's phone used to f- go off all the time. You know, 
all work colleagues phoning him and he used to hate it. And I'd say to him, dad, I want people phoning me. And he said, Ryan, I'm telling you now, having a phone is a prison because now anyone can contact you round the clock for anything. Yeah. And he said, you know, back in the day when he first started working, it was nine to five. Then you dealt with the problems that happened during the night the next day. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, it's seven o'clock. I think, I think someone will be awake. Let's, let's give them a call. Boom. Yeah. We're not meant to always be on, or in my opinion. Sure. No, no, no. We, so Dunbar, uh, Dunbar's number is something which is interesting. So it's essentially the number of active stable relationships you can have, right? You can go and look it up. It's been moved around slightly. People say 150, but Dunbar originally uh, presented it as 149. And Dunbar's number is essentially how many active, stable relationships, right? And we can measure this, by the way, by looking at your pref- uh, your, your cortex. Um, and it turns out 150 is the most stable relationships uh, um, mankind can have. And are we talking about friendships, like stable relationships, whatever you call them across the board? 150 is the most you can handle. So 150 people in one life lifespan, no more than that. Active. Well, you know, no, no, no. Within, in order for the society, for you and the other 149 to function or 148 to function, active, stable relationships, uh, 149 is the max. So if you're in, if you're good friends with someone, you're in a, you're in a niche circle of 149 people, possibly or, or not. Possibly. The baker, the shoemaker, the the candlestick maker. You you know you have that. Like if I need my uh, uh if I got to go to the haberdashery, I go oh, to so the, even even as far as that. So, but but they're a part of that number. So because stable relationships is you're the baker, my relationship to you, I'm a customer. You're a baker. Okay, great. I know I'm going to go to Ryan, not. Paul's or pick and pay or we live in what we we're suffering what you're talking about a little bit if i'm hearing you correctly something called dunbar's complex we are not made to have 600 people on linkedin interestingly the um the last hunter gatherer tribes that are left on planet earth recently there was a study that came out and you won't believe it Without knowing who Dunbar or what Dunbar's number is, whether it be the Inuits, uh, the rainforest tribes, uh, there are only 10 left on the planet uh, when the study was done. It was late 20 teens. Anyway, you won't believe it. The size of the societies before they break off, 150. Sure. So it, it's to say that that's, that's the number we're meant to live in. You're not meant to live in, you know what I mean, in a complex of 150 people. <laughs> you know that's not how sure. we so it's an interesting it's an interesting thing good or bad you know good or bad but yeah the fact that somebody slid in Simpua's DMs and uh, wants to whisk her away before they've even had a date is incredible by the way I didn't explain that that's what happened I wonder what she's gonna do cause also the thing about approaches have you ever had a girl ask you out by the way it's one of the strangest things in the world no it is one of the strangest things in the world, because purely because of the patriarchal setup, right? Right? It's always the other way around. And girls and boys are at fault here. Is that we go and ask the girls out, which is you know recreating 
the model. But I once had a girl ask me out. I, I think because I'm so programmed, I didn't know what to do. No, I'm serious. I like I, she caught you off guard. She put you in a position. Way off guard. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, you know what I mean. I feel like people need to tell us their stories of this if if they've ever been asked out. Let me tell you, it's one of the. It's not off-putting. It, no, it, no, of course. It, it was just so like. Did you feel a little more attracted to that? Because because somebody was being like direct, like okay, let's not. I want to take you out. You, you know what happened? I especially. Like, I'd love it now. I'd love if an awesome lady asked me out now. But back then, I wasn't ready. Because I was like, how's that going to look? Or, uh, but I wasn't in an emotional place to deal with that, you know? Like, the, oh, back then. Uh, plus, mess. I was, now, I'd love it. Like, if she was awesome. And I'd love that. Because now, I'm not big on man, woman. I'm like, you play your part. Because I always say to people, they say, oh, why are you single? Blah, 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 blah. A whole lot of reasons. I'm a terrible person. But one of the things is this. I'm looking for somebody to partner with, not somebody to sponsor. <laughs> I'm not in the male-female relationships. I'm paying the bill nonsense. Rubbish. Like, we're in it together. And let's get let's both get after it. You know what I mean? And no, I don't complete you. You must complete yourself. I must complete myself. And then let's see if we can make this thing work and be Man City. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not big into the romantic thing. I just want a grown-up. And those are hard to find because generally they're taken. Anyway, it's a tough one, right? It's tough. It's tough out here. You, no, it is tough. But but it's a beautiful thing. I'd love to know, has a lady ever asked a guy out? And how did you respond? Because that's not the model, right? And also, what happens? Does she pay? Because <laughs> No, no, no. This is a very interesting thing yes. because I think it was 50 that I was watching an interview with. Modern Day Poet, 50 Cent. And they asked him, it was either 50 or it was ludicrous or it was somebody in that. And somebody said, who pays on the first date? And I think it was 50 cent. And he said, whoever's idea it was to go on the date. And I was like, that's actually clever. Oh, it's easy to say that when you're 50 cent. No, sure. You know, sure. When, when you're just a normal guy like us. And but because what's stopping from, from the lady scheduling the next one? You know what I mean? Uh, but I'm also I'm not into the I must pay thing. Like, and, and I'm not but into. Then, the, but then, what happens with you when the bill comes? Ah, both pay. Like especially Wait, so, do you say can I have split bill? No, it's like we can split a fifty-fifty. Or, or like, I'll pay because you know what I'm not good at. I'm not good at you must pay me back. It's not my vibe. I'm big on okay. Well, I paid now. I don't really care what you do. You know, like if you pay next time, cool. I'm just straight up awkward. Like I just want, like when it gets to the end, especially if it's meeting someone for the first time, which I experienced the other day. Like, how, uh, how, oh, what happened? Were you on a date? No, it was, I, I told you about this longer. Oh, did you eventually like before have, Cape Town? Did you eventually have coffee with this person? Yeah. Went out. That was the night before I left Cape Town. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Was that in the East Rand? Yeah. Oh, no. I thought this. No, no. It's, no, no. It's nothing new. Okay. But. For me, like, especially when you met someone for the first time and you're still figuring, you know, you're still figuring things out, whatever. 50-50. No, it's, I, I want to get out of there and I don't want it to be awkward, so I just paid. Oh, that's ridiculous. Why? Because you've set the standard now. Like, I'm not big on ladies must get away with it. No, it's not that. You, you, or- I, 
I I'd push I'd push Tomito a bit you know further for, or a bit closer should I say because mm-hmm. I was flying to Cape Town the next day and I just finished work and I was like I don't want to wait you know 12 14 days to be over well I don't want to wait 12 to 14 days let me meet this person huh I don't want to wait for my life <laughs> Who's that? to be over forget who it is you, you know seen Dawson's Creek yeah uh, James, no, no, no. James Vanderbeek is the leader there. Anyway. Anyway. So, when the bull came, you know what? I, I hate I hate money. Like money, I don't want to speak about money. That doesn't make sense. Why? Because th- things like money, money is something you should... I've, no, told, no. I, I've told you, I asked girls on the first date. I've told you what I was. No, but see, I, I could never do that. I say, what do you do with your money? That's none of my business. No, but, you, <laughs> but, but, but I'll tell you why it is. Because for me, you know what money tells me, right? And how you treat your money, how the rest of your life's going. Because all money is tells me how you've organized the rest of your life. I know, but some people are unlucky. Because I, I know when I was looking for a job in the industry I wanted, sure. I looked for years and I took the health and safety job and it was all like, it's all I could get. Sure. Until I, I got the job I wanted. But I, I, it took me six to seven years to find. So, so I, I see this is where we differ. I'm also not waiting for somebody to, to get to where, where I am. I want somebody who's ready because I've put in the hard yards. Yeah, but you see, you're 35. I My, I'm, I'm 26. Yes. So the person I met before then was a, quite a bit younger. It was a great night, by the way. But, you know, you can't put that kind of – Rap on a 22, 23, 24-year-old. I agree with you. Life's like, you haven't even started experiencing no, life yet. No, we're, we're totally together. I, I'm, I can't, I don't even want to lie about that. But I, well, what must I do? I'm, I'm 35. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. No, so your questions are a bit more off the bat. But I think people would, in that age group would respect that kind of thing. But I mean, for me, it's like, I don't know. It's Again, I revert back to what I tell my sister all the time. It's none of my business until I make it my business. See, money is not a thing until it becomes a thing. Someone wise once told me that. I'll never forget it, and she, she's too damn right. All right, Ryan, give me some of that music. We're a sports show. Every Monday, I'll tell you where I was right, where I was wrong. Ooh, what a great sporting weekend. What a great sporting weekend. Where I was right. Listen, Man City are just too good. Man City are just too good. Let it go. I told you beginning of the season they win the, they win the league title by 10 points. I was dead right. Chelsea absolutely decimated. Squeezed like a python. Mantelier like a python, a boa constrictor. As you breathe, they keep uh, wrapping themselves around you tighter. It's all over. Mantelier, far too good. Where I was wrong, Man's, uh, West Ham do not have the squad to be in the top four. They don't. They're not good enough. And it's all vibes at the moment. Jared Bowen's terrific. But I'm afraid the top four now is creaking. Um, Tottenham Hotspur are my pick to get that fourth spot. West Ham, unfortunate. Where I was right, the Dallas Cowboys and my very favorite, Jerry. Jerry Jones, they're a lie. Jerry might say, hold on. I said, Jerry, you hold on. Because once again, Dak Prescott falls short. You paid him $70 million this year. You gave him a ridiculous deal. Dak is nowhere near that money. I don't know why franchises don't move off quarterbacks. It's too important in this league. The Cowboys are a lie and they are gone. Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers move 
on where I was wrong. The Patriots still raw. Bill Belichick, he's got his boy Wonder, but he's not Tom Brady yet. People uh, must remember Bledsoe held that thing down until Brady was year two, and Brady never looked back. Let's see what uh, Mac Jones looks like in year two. But Bill Belichick can have to do some work. Where I was right, Romelu Lukaku is not good enough for the top six. And I've told people this, I'm not interested in size, pace. I need to know if you're cultured. He's got an awful first touch. His intelligence and ability, and Thomas Tuchel said it, where's the hold-up play? The physical strength is interesting to a point, but what do you do with that? Can you harness that great strength? His first touch is disgusting, and all he tries to do is turn on the spin as he works the defender with his physical strength. So many occasions, I counted four in the first half, where ball to feet, he wants to turn, and Man City are too good. They're scavengers, take the ball off him, and he doesn't allow the midfield to join him up front with the link-up play. So Romelu Lukaku is not good enough to be in the top six in the English Premier League. He can go play some other league uh, where it's not as physical and it's not as demanding and the coaching, quite frankly, unless you're in Italy, is not quite as good. Where I was wrong, Leeds are not going to get relegated. It's incredible. It's helter-skelter. It's brilliant. Marcelo Bielsa is a genius. And now with 14 first-teamers out, they went and beat West Ham away. Uh, probably the away performance of the season and definitely the game of the season. Jared Bowen missed from two yards to make it 3-3. An incredible, incredible game. Absolutely love that Leeds-West Ham game. Where I was right, England are broken. They lost 4-0. I said they'd lose 5-0 in the Ashes. It's 4-0. And if Australia hadn't batted an, uh, an extra hour, they would have won it because... England saved that fourth test by one wicket. England lost 4-0. Between the GBV scandal, between Stokes' mental health scandal, between all of the scandalous things that have been happening, obviously the racial uh, upheaval by the Asian players in English cricket, perhaps they're just broken. Gonna have to, Mr. Giles is going to have to do something there. Otherwise... English cricket is broken. I don't know what what happened there. Where I was wrong. I love being wrong on this one. The Proteus beat India. It's historic. It's sensational. First time they've ever beaten them at the Wanderers. Proteus win the series 2-1. Peterson, incredible. Shout out to the Proteus. I'm, I'm hard on the Proteus because Lungingiti needs to stop eating pies. But here we are. They've done it. Proteus beat India 2-1. If you're going to give them flack... You gotta be willing to say congratulations when they win. Where I was right, Joey B. Joe Burrow's the guy. Everybody in Cleveland, Joe Burrow's the guy you thought Baker Mayfield would be. And, and more. 31 years now. The Bengals win a playoff game. 31 years. Joey B. I mean, LSU. Uh, and his high school have renamed their stadium after him. You can see why. This boy, he's the, as they say in America, he that boy dog. He that boy dog. Joey B, Joey Burrow and the Bengals march on. Congratulations to Joe Burrow uh, for being the guy. Where I was wrong, LeBron James doesn't look like he's going to move uh, Russell Westbrook. And that is crazy. They, that is crazy. They just moved below a 500 record. The Lakers are out of it. LeBron, geriatric FC, it's all over, buddy. And I love LeBron James. Four titles is all 
that the king will win. And it is all over. He's still the greatest basketball player of all time, but he made a huge mistake. Russell Westbrook is no good. And it is all over. That's where I was right. That's where I was wrong. Man City are so good, dude. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. I I know many other people will want to talk about it, but they are so good. What can we do? You know nothing when when somebody's that good. We've said this before. Man City march onto that field like soldiers. They know the game. They know the gameplay. So good. We'll talk a bit about Chelsea in a bit. Yeah. And I'll talk I'll talk about that game, but they are so good. They are so 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 good. Did you see the West Ham game yesterday? I didn't catch the West Ham game. <laughs> what a game. Jack Harrison, hat trick. Sensational. Oh, sensational. L- what was the score in that one? Uh, 3 2. But unbelievable. Jack Harrison uh, with the hat trick. And B- Jared Bowen, when I say two yards out, he's basically inside the goal and he's headed it over. Completely outrageous. Completely outrageous. What a game, though. That's why the Premier League's the best league in the world. I've always said with the Premier League, if they had any sort of slogan, anything can happen. <laughs> no, if there was a slogan that could define the Premier League, anything can happen. Remember for a, for a year they had the greatest show on earth? Which was? No, that was their slogan. Oh. Yeah, uh, the Premier League. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, they're not wrong. They are not wrong. Especially with all the stuff going down. I mean, the rumors I'm hearing about transfers is blowing my mind. Do you, oh, you didn't see the Newcastle game? No, I didn't see the Newcastle game, but I do have the scores up in front of me. What What are we thinking? Are they going to stay in the Premier League? Yeah. You think so? They have to. No, because they're going to buy... like. They're going to buy half that. Yeah, they'll, they'll buy like eight players. What does the latest one? Chris Wood? Yeah. He played well. Interesting. Of all the people, Chris Wood. It's, but it's the way to do it, right? All, all he's for is get through the season. Cause he's got that, he, so he's from New Zealand, but he, he's got that English mentality, you know what sure. I mean? He's played for 12 clubs. I didn't realize that. Um, but here he is like rough and tumble, doesn't get injured, you know, so Maxima scored a brilliant goal. So, Love that guy. Yeah, who doesn't? So he scored a brilliant goal, but they conceded again late on Heartbreak City. Um, let's see how it goes for them. Mm. I think they made a big mistake with Eddie Howe. Yeah. I think they make a, they made a very big mistake there. Let's see. They, I mean, they, they're going to have to sign four or five more to solidify things. Trippier. Trippier looks weird in the new Castle kit. He does look weird, doesn't he? I was like, you're too good to be. <laughs> when I saw the press release photos, I was like, this, it looks like, I'm sure everybody's got that meme video by now. If you're a football fan <laughs> of Newcastle's new squad uh, on FIFA. I don't know if you've seen that already. I think I sent it to you. Where yeah, they yeah. got N'Golo Kante as the goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. No, no, but they have like Salah, they've got Dybala, they've got all those oh, yeah, guys lined Haaland, up. Mbappe, and I was like, Ronaldo. This, this looks like a video game. <laughs> I mean, Trippier didn't make it on that list, but he, still, seeing him is—it's like seeing seeing the computer in real life. He was the he was the starting right back in the Euro, in the Euro Championship final for England, mm. and now he's at Newcastle. But now you see, you can't say it like that because now it's you're at Newcastle. How oh, that might, you, you, money changes everything. It makes people more more of who they are. 
It does. And now Newcastle is going to live their best life. Yeah. Vibes. It also makes you more attractive. It does. Money and, makes you more attractive. And that's why Newcastle is going to look the most fire out of everyone because they're going to get some hectic kit designer. You're going to see. There's going to be a lot of changes coming. Now that you've New just sponsors. said Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. Listen, not sure they need sponsors. That Saudi money's long. But to make it look legal. Yeah, to make it look good. You know yeah. what I mean? Tell me this. Mm. Now that you've mentioned the money thing. When you get uber rich, are you going to let the love of your, your whoever it is? Because I shouldn't say everyone has this. But I, I've had one girl where I'm like, if I got uber rich... And I, I'm talking about somebody I know. I would go and ask her, Let, let's do this. Like, if I, but, but, <laughs> but I'm talking like a hundred million dollars rich. You know what I mean? But now wait, is this girl that you're talking about married? No, 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 no. She's single. Very single now. Why don't you just do it now? Cause I, I don't, I'm not living that life. What? So you, you need that flex. That, but that's what I'm asking. Maybe I'm insecure. Like, no, I mean, I think. <laughs> And I'm talking to somebody you know. I don't mean like Scarlett Johansson. No, no, sure. Or whoever. I don't know who you find attractive in the in, the, um, in the whole Marvel world or the that whole celebrity world. But sure. whoever it is in real life. Am I wrong to say every guy has one girl where they think, yes, yeah, see, that would be awesome. Yeah, there's that one girl that you would just cancel everything on the line. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I would, I would say that every dude has one. Every yeah. guy has it. And if they don't, they're lying. It's the veto. <laughs> the veto. Yeah. You know, like how, I don't know if you've seen in divorces, there's, there's the veto rule. Mm-hmm. It means that one of the parents can revoke a rule or make a rule of their choosing. So if, if the one parent says, I want them to go there, they get one veto. Okay. Sorry. To say, no, yeah. I draw the line here. That's my veto. Got you, got you. Something like that. So, what's the veto, though, in this case? The veto is that that one girl that you would. Yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. it's cancel the one it all for. Yeah. Cancel it all for. Drop everything, right, right here, right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every guy's got one, unless you're married. You're already married to you know what I mean. Well, even then, maybe not everyone. But I mean, divorce is on the rise. But also, it can be a thing of that person's taken, as you say. What did you say to me the other day? You said. All of the, all of the good ones are taken. All of the good ones are Just taken. Just downgrade your expectations, yeah. But fortunately, the person who I, but I'd need to be that level of life because it needs to be like Roman. That's too much. <laughs> but but if I'd need to be Roman levels just to go propose the situation to, because I'm not even a relationship guy. Yeah. But you know, when you've got cash, like real life problems don't matter. Makes you who more of who you are. Maybe maybe I'd, I wonder if I'd be the worst person in the world if I. Roman money. So, are you relating this to the Premier League now? Are you saying that there's one player that every club would, or is, was this no, like, no? This was a complete. Okay, sorry. As you Sidestep. were talking about money, yeah. Sorry, I was like, I thought you were relating it. Every club has that one player that they drop everything. Nah, they don't. Okay, never mind. But club MKT does. I wonder. Well, would you do it? Would you? Well, what would you do? Like uh, that dream girl. Because you asked me, why don't I just go ask her now? Why don't you just go ask her now? In a relationship. I got to respect that. That's tough. With a friend of yours. Uh, well, no. before you answer that, because what if your friend listens to Oh, not with a friend of yours. Oh, no. I don't think she listens to this. 
No, but okay, so he's not a friend of yours. No. Whew, that's tough. And you know her. You're what? saying you know the lady. Yeah. The, ah, that's awful. Does she live near you? No. Do you see her often? No. Okay, then it's all right. You know what I mean? No, it's all right. You can be sad and cry your tears at home. Like all of that. Like, yeah, but I'm saying. Like every like, good bachelor. That's the, you know, you just have to either wait for that relationship to take its. <laughs> it's the MKT show. <laughs> This has been quite a love-filled podcast. Definitely has. Hmm. Wonder what that says. You almost fell off your chair before we ended that. Yeah, no, one. very. That was good. <laughs> that was good. At least, uh, like, I could tell. You, <laughs> so genuine. It's gotta wait for that relationship to take its. <laughs> 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 And you shouldn't feel bad for, for feeling that way because I guarantee you eight out of ten guys. Because Oh, and I don't feel bad, by the way. Not at all. And no. you shouldn't. And you don't. Nope. I reckon eight out of ten guys feel like this because I believe there's only 10% of quality in the world that you want to be a part of, right? And, in fact, that's a, that is a statistical consistency across the board. 10% is quality. The rest is the dregs. It's just how life is. I, I know people don't like to hear that. But there, there is at least, I would say, let's be kind. 20% of ladies are awesome, which by that very nature means 8 out of 10. There's, for every two ladies, there's 10 guys, right, let's say. So 8 guys out there of every 10 are super just like, oh, I settled. You know what I mean? Like living in Mediocreville. I won't settle. Yeah, but what if that lady marries the guy? I had to bring that stark reality to you. Then you are really settled. No, but I mean? I mean, when we talk about that one, it's it's not a definite. Like, it's one of those where it's like, it would be nice. But Isn't it amazing how everyone's soulmate always happens to have grown up in the same country as them? Because... I don't know if I've said this to you before, but it's amazing to me that your soulmate is never in Bangladesh. Isn't it amazing how everyone just creates the narrative of I'm married to my soulmate? Oh, very I, interesting. I don't think there's a soulmate. You think we have to create that narrative? No. So why do people say things like that? You can, you can get anyone you wanted to. You think you, you think you can learn to love someone? Is that what you're saying? No, I think you can get someone another kind. I have a friend of mine right now who's in a bit of a debacle about that. Oh, let's hear it. He's speaking to a lady in the US. Uh, okay. Video calls. Uh -huh. It works. Uh -huh. And they get on very well. How do you meet it? The DMs? No, he went on... Okay, back in the day, he was a sailor. Professional sailor. I think he represented... I don't know if there's such a thing as... Sailing for South Africa. Sure. 
he was he represented and he went to california for sailing back in the day met her there they hung out a couple times and they just kept in touch and recently they've just been speaking a little more and a little more and then it was phone calls and then went video calls and now it's at this it's like quite a serious point now i'd say yeah, but very rarely is that going to no, happen. No, no, no. It's, Most it's, people are like, I married my soulmate. Like, she went to school with you. Oh, yeah. How amazing she also lived in Bryanston. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Oh, unprofessional. That's Ryan with his phone not on um, Do Not Disturb. And my phone is on Do Not Disturb. It's my laptop that decides to pair with it. So what happened there? Was that a phone call? Yeah. Unprofessional. You and James Ilsley. No. Very. I mean, I've told both of you, just put the Do Not Disturb on Monday to Friday for the showtime, you know what I mean? But no. It is on, as you can see. See the little moon there? It is on. But my laptop didn't pass the vibe check, so. But it's okay. Oh, it is okay. It's tough. It's tough out there. It's tough on the but streets. But you can, but like I said, you can have, it just so happens that you met somebody that you clicked with. In the corner. But I'm pretty sure if you went overseas, you could find someone. No, that's not my point. My point is people always say, oh, my soulmate. Just I can't think. It's it's incredible how many people's soulmates is that. Why do people never say my soulmate is in Rwanda in some village? I don't know. You know what I mean? So maybe. Good point. Maybe people are lying and they're just making it up in their own <laughs> minds. It's like I need the narrative so I can justify this unbelievably risky decision. To say I'm going to stay with you for the rest of my life. It's a risky decision. Forever. Are you into um, a long time. set up marriages? Hmm. Like, do you believe your parents could find somebody who suits you? Sorry, this is a very love-filled podcast. I, I think there's a tremendous value to arranged marriages, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be a hypocrite. Those who, who know me and listen to the show, I like rules. And I think there is... So there are two different types of people in the world. Some people need find safety and structure. And for some people, it's hell, right? One man's meat is another man's poison. And some people like to be able to see the room they are in. Some people need the entire building block. Otherwise, they feel trapped. Sure. So I think there's a tremendous value to them because it turns out, actually, um, in through neurological studies, more choice always leads to worse decisions. So I know it sounds counterintuitive, but the science is very clear on this. And I'm talking neuroscience. I don't mean the chakra lady around the corner from you. <laughs> so everybody thinks, right, that, ah, oh, if I had more choices, I'll make a better decision. Turns out it's the other way around. Mm. Less choice leads to better decisions being made. So, it is a bit of a complex. So they have their value. I, I would say they definitely have their value if if that society takes marriage seriously. So what would you do if your parents set you up? Would you would you agree to go see that person? N no, because I don't come from that cult that culture. Sure. Um so it would have no value to me. But I guess if you are Bengali, if you are Arabic It's got some sort of it's tied into the fabric of your society. Mm. See, I'm not the type of, type of person who you can tell what to do. 
I'm just not. I, I'm, I'm, my mother knows that now. My father knows that. Everyone knows that. Don't tell me what to do. You're off the chain, as the kids say. I used to be. Um, <laughs> like right now, I don't have a chain. You, I, <laughs> at least now I know the chain exists. Like back then, I wasn't just off the chain. Oh, the idea of a chain made me sick. Now I'm aware that a chain exists. See. Yeah. I don't think I'm on it. But yeah. And your thoughts? What are you thinking? Arranged marriage? I don't think it's for me. Not for you, but do you see the value in it at all or not? Like that's crazy. I'm speaking from my experience. I don't like most of the goals my mom would set me up with. Are you at that awkward phase? Because the, <sighs> I also hit that phase where... You have no idea. And the thing about all women... They think they're the best version of female. All women think that, by the way. I've realized from my friends to my mother to relatives, they just all want you to marry them. So, so one of the worst things that can ever happen to you, Ryan, and this will happen to you at some stage, you're, you're a great bloke. Your female friends will start introducing you to, you should meet. Oh, no, it's, it's happening. Uh, but, but you probably, and what do you think? Are you thinking, oh, my friends are awesome? Or what are you? No, I tell them I don't need to be set up. Why not? Why not? Are they female or why not, right? Because <laughs> it sounds horrible to say. Yeah. But I know the kind of box they put me in. And I don't want to be associated with that box. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> what sort of box do you think your friends are putting in? I just know the kind of girl they'll set me up with. And it's totally different to what I'm looking for. So, so are you saying your friends, your female friends see you in a certain way? Not, I don't have many female friends. Um, I, I never have. Um, yeah. Like, I'd say the, it's mainly family. Uh-huh. I've got, like, I'm the only male cousin in my family. I think there's three male cousins and probably about ten of us. Mm. So was, I've grown up with having girls around me all the time. But <laughs> um, also my, my best friend's fiancé is probably the closest I'd say. And I just, I know the kind of person that set me up with. And it's, it's, yeah, it's not a thing. I'm not like, does that answer your question? Mm, not really, but I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. But what, what is your question? Ian? So, so let me tell you why you should never let your female friend set you up with anybody. Cause you think they're like, oh, we're just so happy for him. Where, and especially people in relationships think they've obviously saved, they've cured poverty, right? They just think they're perfect. So what they think is, because they think they're going to sell it as though, but Ryan, everyone wants to be in a relationship. You want to be happy, don't you? Obviously, let me put you in a relationship. Actually, what girls do, they're not setting you up to be happy. They want somebody to hang out with. Yeah. They don't care about you. they like, okay, look, I really like hanging out with Ryan. Right? What's the jackpot? Let's get somebody I can hang out with. And then now Ryan has to hang out with us. Yeah. Because, look, you know, couples love couple stuff. And it's painful. Yeah, I've been excluded a lot lately. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You've made a choice. There's gaming nights and movie nights. Oh, yeah. No, you're out. Oh, no, you I'm, are. I'm 100% out. Sorry, pal. Unless, trust me, eventually, because you know what it gets like. Well, I, I've been around. The boys eventually start going, Assy, wish Ryan was around. And because actually what you need is the boys to set you up. Because... As much as guys are in relationships, they're going to get the most lit chick possible. Boys are boys, especially when there's lots of us. No, bro, that chick's not hard enough. Oh, 
Because guys don't think about personality really, especially when it's not for them. When it's for them, we start to. Ah, she's, yeah, then it's. Yeah. When it's for other people, because you like to. I like to live through other people. Bro, that chick's so hot. Just ask her out. Yeah, but she's a bit terrible. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, you'll sort that out later. Yeah. yeah, so you want the boys really setting you up, but ladies, they're always setting you up for another version of themselves. Like, what's the best version of, like, girls club and i've realized this and so i've put a moratorium my female friends know very well stop i've seen you guys coming now <laughs> and we're not gonna do this let's yeah, not do no, this it's not a thing for me either yeah all right i want to tell you about a, a club called chelsea which is also a girl's name uh chelsea club chelsea football club faced a a dark reality yesterday Lots of people like Ryan, not happy. Chelsea Football Club lost. They lost. They did lose. But somebody uh, once told me, um, true peace is knowing what you are. Not who you think you are. What you actually are. That's peace. It's painful. A little bit up front. Man, I want to be this. I want to be that. But true peace is knowing what you are. And I said it at the beginning of the season. And I'll say it again. Chelsea are young, and we've all been young. Young people are inconsistent. Young people are inconsistent because they're still growing. They want to impress the next-door neighbor, the good-looking guy, girl. Emotional, they're developing, right? Physically, emotionally, neurologically, they're developing. But Chelsea lacks something else that young people generally lack as well. Young people don't have a cutting edge. Because young people haven't had the time to develop that cutting edge. It takes time to be ruthless. It takes time to execute. It takes time to want to win and embed that as a culture. It takes time. Chelsea are young, inconsistent, and they lack a cutting edge. That is what they are. Not who I want them to be or, or whatever. Is Chelsea showed you everything yesterday. Now, they're incredibly well coached. Thomas Tuchel is an incredible coach. It's organized it's efficient. Listen, Man City didn't walk that game. Chelsea were organized and City really had one one chance and even then it was quite messy. And I, I think it was the goalkeeper's fault. I think Keparitha Balaha took a step the wrong way and that ball goes in into the middle of the goal. But those who know, know my thoughts on Keparitha Balaha. But I think Chelsea have another problem which they thought they'd solved but they didn't actually solve. They added a problem. Romelu Lukaku is not good enough to be in the top six. His hold-up play is non-existent. Right? And outside of chances on the edge of the box, he doesn't offer you anything. The movement is so poor. It is so poor. He's not showing for the ball. Thomas Tuchel said it really, really well after the game. He has to create his own chances and create his own hold-up play. He gives the ball away too much. Considering what he's supposed to offer you, these are the games you buy him for. You don't buy him for the West Ham games. You don't buy him for Brighton. You don't, that, that's not what you're buying for. Chelsea can win that without him. He was meant to be the X factor in these games. The chance he missed one on one, that's why you bought him. But Romelu Lukaku's never been a cutting edge guy. Ask Belgium, ask Everton, ask Man United. He's never had cutting edge. He's never been Diego Costa. He's never been Didier Drogba. He's never been Samuel Eto. He's never been that. He's never, ever been that. All he's been is a beast, an extremely physically gifted man. And that's about it. 
And there's another painful reality because Chelsea spent a lot of money on him. Christian Pulisic isn't developing at the rate that you would have wanted him to. Now, some of it is injuries and some of it is the Captain America things overplayed, right? Because also in life, it's okay to say some people just aren't that guy. We have, we all have expectations for people. Nobody gets married to get divorced. Christian Pulisic may not be. Listen, he's young. I want to give him time because what I like about Pulisic, never heard him complain, never whinges, and he gets kicked all over the place. I like his character, right? And he's shown he can lead American football. You don't hear too much whinging from him. There's a lot of whinging in football. So I like the character of the young man, and there's clear talent there. Let's not, let's not mess around. Is that not everybody is ready at 22, 23. He's still a young man. And from a commercial point of view, I think Chelsea have to hold on to Pulisic because you need the American market. It would be silly to let go of him, but it has to be said, he has not developed at the rate that you wanted him to, and the injuries don't help. Ziyech, I'm afraid, I've seen enough now. Um, Ryan's obviously supporting Morocco at AFCON, and Ryan said, I'm so glad he's not with Morocco, and they've won two out of two. And then I just want to finish off on this. The reality check is this. I said this last year. Yes, they won the Champions League. Yes, they got to the FA Cup. But Thomas Tuchel needs a transition season because Chelsea were a low block team before that. And they they don't actually have the players to play Tuchel's setup because Tuchel wants to play on the front foot. But in order in order to do that, you need tremendous synchronicity, Right? It needs to start at the goalkeeper and it needs to ultimately be the striker. Lukaku is the opposite of what Tuchel wants because Tuchel wants the pressing. Gianfranco Zola said Chelsea looked better last season with Havertz. Havertz will run all day. And by the way, as I think Chelsea fans are seeing now, that's a big miss. He's a silky playmaker, but the great thing about Havertz, he links front and midfield. That's missing. That's missing. I'll tell you what, Mason Mount is missing Havertz more than anybody. Because Havertz brings Mason Mount into the game beautifully. That vision, the ability. I call him the poor man's kaka. Havertz has, and now people are seeing what a big miss that young man is. I think he's the, he's actually the next guy. But Tuchel needs the rest of the season right, to weed people out. And I think Lukaku will be the first one to go. And I don't know so much whether the centre-back situation is going to work the way it's set up now. But Tuchel wants to play on the front foot and he can't with this team. Jorginho ain't going to work. Not when Tuchel unleashes. And Chelsea actually didn't look that bad against Man City because I think Kovacic and Conte, who've been injured um, far too much under um, Tuchel, look great because Chelsea can press now. And you could hear Thomas Tuchel saying, out, out, out. Listen, yesterday with Aspilicueta and Alonso, you can't press. They don't have the recovery pace. When you got Chilwell... And you got Reese James, no problem. We, hey, Reese James is pressing the keeper. No worries, because why? Reese James can track Zinchenko, uh, or, um, who did they, whoever Man City had at left back, does it matter? Uh, I think, uh, they played Cancelo at left back, I think. Uh, Chilwell, terrific athlete. So, quite a few people missing, and, you know, and without that physicality, um, you just, it ain't gonna work. And also, there's this. Man City are too good. Folks, in finance, your your financial advisor will always tell you about something called uh, compound interest. Man City have made great 
great decisions for 15 years. This is what happens. This is what happens. Right? People always think you can turn things around overnight. Look at Man United. You make bad decisions for five years. They are a mess of a football club. And there's no Paul Pogba. There's no Cristiano. Cristiano Ronaldo can't even save Man United. Raheem Sterling looks better than Cristiano Ronaldo right now. Why? He's in a great team. It's a team but, sport. But Sterling's been looking good for a long time. He's not better than Cristiano Ronaldo. No, but he's a firecracker. He's he, there when you need him. And But here he is. Listen, Raheem Sterling's not getting into Real Madrid. But look what happens when you put him in a in environment, right? Like mm-hmm. you say, he is a firecracker. He's not Cristiano Ronaldo. But right now, his numbers are better than Ronaldo. Sure. And I think Man City must be given credit for what they're doing. They are Chelsea 2.0. Yeah. They are. They're, like, you know, what I, you know when I know someone's on point? You know, in life, right, I'm sure there's two or three friends. And I've said this before. It's always the same people you're hearing stories about, isn't it? Broken up. They need money. They're fighting with their mom. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What happened? Ah, oh, she broke up with... What happened? Ah, oh, he broke up with... You know what I mean? What yeah. happened? Ah, oh, he was in a car accident. Ah, oh, what... You know what I mean? He was in a fight. It's always the same people. When you hear a lot of noise from someone's personal life, there's problems. I don't care how nice you think they are. Man City, you don't hear a thing. It's because Pep's got it locked down. But that's what it meant. That's what it takes. And people don't want to hear it, but to win, you need a dictator. Not somebody negotiating with Cristiano Ronaldo, Fergie, Mourinho, right? Mancini, Pep. But that's why I think Tuchel will also be up there. I, he I, just needs a season or two. And, and I don't think Chelsea have that problem because you've got Roman, the dictator. But, but, but I agree with you. If given the time, I'm not sure Chelsea have that appetite though. The thing is, right, he's Is he just younger of when Mourinho first started uh you know being management? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's a bit younger than Jose. So he's got that ego and he's he's got that hunger to win. He's not looking for a retirement package. And I think being at Chelsea he knows he's the spotlight, he's the guy. So I think you you know what? He also likes to handle things in house. And this thing with with uh, Romelu Lukaku, mm. it didn't fly, and they they sorted it out. They're playing it out now, you know. Nothing happened, but as you say, I think I think uh, Lukaku's going to go. And you know what? A whole bunch of them can go. To be honest, Ziyech he should have gone to, to Morocco. <laughs> There's a reason he didn't get the call up. <laughs> He's a firecracker. No, I don't like him. Yeah, he had a big fight with the Morocco manager in public. Mm. That's probably why I didn't get the call up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, as you can see, Morocco are flying and Chelsea, well. So but, I, but I've said, Ziyech needs to get off the field. He's on for too long. They play him for 75, 79 minutes. Get him off. We need Ziyech back. I mean, uh, Chilwell. I have it. Well, oh. Chilwell, definitely. I know. James, definitely. Listen, you no, must James, remember. James, you need back. Chelsea, Chelsea were missing, what, four of their crucial players. No Chilwell, no Reese James. Christensen, that situation is not helping. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then now Mendy. Yeah, Mendy, Mendy saves especially. that. Mendy saves that easy. Th- that ball's gone in the middle of the goal. Kepa, where are you going? 
I don't know why we don't sell him. I just think we're going to lose money on him. Because how much did we pay for him? Like 72 and a half. 72 and a half. Oh, 90 million euros. Yeah, 72 and a half million pounds is the most expensive goalkeeper of all time. It's so bad. What were we trying to do up De Gea? Because I remember De Gea was still new at the time. I don't know what is going on there. Because he was so young. And I did think he was going to be good. But after a couple of games, I was like, no ways. Short keepers. I don't like nobody below 193 centimeters. I've told people this. But people say, I'm heightest or whatever. I don't like a short keeper. But I, listen, I love Peter Dinklage in um, Game of Thrones. I do not want him in my goals. Fair point. You know I mean, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. So, I don't think that's... Oh, did you hear? I don't know if you saw the article, but... Um, Manchester United fans got warned for commenting on João Moutinho's height. <laughs> for having a go at him about being a short... So and so, God, That's, can can we get into what a joke United are being are being uh, made out to be in the press? They are a bit of a joke, though. I mean, if it's not Cristiano Ronaldo lashing out, which by all means he has every right to, sure, unprofessional. But being Cristiano Ronaldo trying to save the home club, I can understand his frustration. But again, wasn't handled in house. He points it out, you know. That Maguire and all those guys, they need a good wake-up call. Yeah. But you don't say, again. Yeah. Now you talk about that. And then don't even get me started on the Djokovic thing with, uh, uh, who is it? Matic. Yeah. Ex-Chelsea player. <laughs> Standing up for his fellow Serbian. God. I think they use the press for fun. <laughs> like, what can we do to get into the headlines today? Let's put up a story. Man United, huh? Incredible. Then what about Anthony Martial saying, I don't want to play? I don't know if you saw that. No. Yeah, Ralph Ranier came out and said, Anthony Martial didn't want to play. Four minutes later, on Instagram, Martial says, I'd never refuse to play. It's a mess. See, are you confident about, about Ralph? I know, I know you're in, uh, you're all for Ralph in, but. I'm all for Ralph in because I think it's a mess. Oh, so you, you're just saying that for the banter. You don't no, actually think it's a solution. No, I think Man United are, are such a mess that you could have prime Fergie and he'd fail in these conditions. You need stability, dude. No, I know. Like Man City and Chelsea, you, you, you know why Man City and Chelsea win? Is that they give their people resources and the room to do what they do. Now, whether you succeed or fail, that's up to you. But we will give you, and, and Man City are even better. Chelsea, the, Roman is, Roman's gift is also his curse. He wants to be mates with the players. That's a problem. But also, this this year is a good chance for us to bounce back because, if I'm not mistaken, was it last year, the year before? We we didn't have we we had a transfer ban. Yeah, was it last year? Two seasons ago, the Lampard. So Lampard's first season. Remember when he he came top four with the kids? It's ridiculous. And then and then he brought in Kovacic and yeah. No, well Kovacic uh, came in that window because he was already at the club. Oh, really? Yeah. I just remember when they came in. I wasn't confident about Jorginho, and I'm still not. Jorginho can go. Ziyech can go. Chilwell can stay until we find someone better, but also... He's got the bad injury. Mm. Reese James. Chilwell... Rudiger can go because he's served us well. Yeah. and No bad blood there, but... I'm I'm about moving on. Christensen must leave as well. You think so? Well, I mean, just sign the deal, sign. I mean, come on. Yeah, if you're going to doubt it so much, yeah. then confront it properly. and Like, just sign the deal. I mean, come on. 
also you're still like 23, bro. You're gonna you're gonna get two great contracts. You're an unbelievable player. And the thing is, like, and I'd I, see him as the next captain, Christensen. Yeah, he could he could easily take not anymore as Pelicueta's place. Yeah, as, yeah, as yeah. a fan, I'm like, oh, get out of here. I'm on Roman's side. Can I tell you who I see? Is, and and you mentioned it earlier, Havertz is the guy. Oh, he's the he's the star boy. I liked Havertz when he came in, but there was so like so many Chelsea fans who I spoke to had problems with him coming in. And I think for somebody who's been benched for so long, he's still playing prime. Well, he had COVID and he, he's had a, he's had a troubled season. And no, he's I know, but now. also, you know, then we got Lukaku in and then that was a mess. And then, you know, then Kovacic was injured and then he was playing in Kovacic's play. So there was no like real, but now when we played him at, up front the other day, I was like, mm, what do you think of Timo Werner? I I think he's he's good. He was a firecracker at his um, previous club, but he hasn't been consistent at Chelsea. He's he's scored. Don't get me wrong, and his goals are crazy. Yeah, but he's he's just missing that consistency. But he's still professional. Something's wrong though. It almost feels like you know when you for the holidays you like at your cousin's house, like you can't be yourself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When you remember when you were young, it's like it's. It, Obviously, like, it's your aunt and uncles. Mm. But you can't... You see, the thing is... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. He comes from the Bundesliga, right? Yeah. That's a different dynamic altogether that you have to get right. Because when you come to the Premier League, it's so different. And I think there's no... Maybe maybe the chemistry is taking a, a little longer to, to build up. Because the Bundesliga is so different. Everyone's a lot tighter in the Bundesliga. Werner, wasn't Havertz also from the yeah, Bundesliga? Yeah. Yeah, they play football very differently. It's less machine-like. Yeah. German, German football is very robotic. I mean, ask um, Kevin De Bruyne when he played for, uh, was it? Um, München Gladbach, yeah. I think he was at. No, no, no. It was... Ah, this is the, was he at no, Wolfsburg? He Wolfsburg. Was at Wolfsburg. No, was Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg. That's it. I was going to say Wolves. <laughs> no. No, no. That's Portugal's B team. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea Football Club, get real, man. You know, you got to get real in life sometimes. Also, it can just happen that Man City are just unstoppable. Honestly, I think it's miraculous. But I think Chelsea are going to come second. Well coached. And you got to remember, Havertz is still going to come back. James is still going to come back. Chelsea must buy a left back. Alonso ain't gonna work. Yeah, I think Alonso's had his time and he's had some, he's had a good time. No, it's, he's been a cracker. So, yeah, yeah. And also, let's see what Lukaku is up to for the second half of the season. I have no faith. But Timo Werner has, has been injured this season. I would love to get a bummy in. I know, I know you wouldn't. But I would. Ryan, you just made me ill. No, 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 I would. He would, he would bring a certain thing. Okay, let's go to a break. I feel sick. It's the MKT show. Pierre Emerick Obamia. It's got some heart problems. Yeah, how was that? That was a surprise, eh? Ah, COVID. So they just said it was an inflamed. Oh, so it's nothing enlarged, engorged. No, nothing serious. Get him while he's cheap. You know what I mean? While he's having heart problems. 
Maybe he's going through a divorce as well. Did you see Ericsson got picked up? By who? If I'm not mistaken. Wait, is that confirmed? No, it's not. I, I, I read I read on a rumor this weekend. Oh, okay, so it's a rumor. It's not. Well, I don't know if it's a rumor, but I heard he got picked up. You can just double check that. But No, no, no. Nobody's, nobody's picking him up. No, no, no. Premier League as well. Brentford among Premier League clubs keen to sign Ericsson after inter-release. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Very interesting, right? If I'm a club, no way. Yeah, yeah. No, there's too much risk. But I think... Also, I don't need the the PR. Because there's everyone's got an opinion on like footballers, you know? Are they just there for our entertainment or people? I'm like, oh, I don't need that. No, but like, you forget, Christian Eriksen was a great footballer. But nobody's doubting that. So now you can get him at a cheap, cheap price. And play in the Premier League. Listen, also, how long has he been off? 18 months? Yes. Well, when was Euros? been a long time. Euros was when? June, huh? July? Yeah. August. And, oh, and he's fine, by the way. Yeah. He, nobody's ever been more <laughs> fine. Yeah. No, I would... If I, was, if I was a smaller club... Like, would, Man, like Man United or? Yeah, well, they need all the help they can get. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a smaller club, I'd pick him up. Good price. Great footballer. Put, he, and he'll put in the work because he wants to prove himself. Sure. Hmm. He obviously can't go full ball. But thing is, six months off professional football is a long time. No, it's, a, it's six months. Did he have a preseason? I don't know. Is I can't he, remember that far back. Yeah, Much about. In COVID years, that's I just like, remember him and Harry Kane were on fire when they worked together at one point. Yeah. No, no. Ericsson, no doubt. And now hmm. Lucas Moore has taken his sort of role scoring the bangs from yeah. the from far so what you got in the socials there Ryan? so I've been you know Djokovic is the tennis player he's the gift that keeps on giving yeah no he is he's something else so I've been apparently <laughs> apparently the Austria there I saw a tweet just now somebody sent it I think in the work group saying um, we Australians know how to return a Serb <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Very good. I was just trying to catch up on my sport life, you know? Yeah, sure. On my news feeds. Being a professional. And all I see is Djokovic everywhere. Yeah. So, finally deported. So, is he gone now? He's gone. Jeepers. Yeah. Okay. What so, a debacle. So, let's just start there. No, so, he's gone now. So, then let's just get into his dad real quick because he wants the spotlight. He's got my attention. Did they let him leave on a private jet? I, I'm not sure on what conditions he left. Okay. But I just know he's gone. And now to give his dad the, the you know, five seconds of fame. Please he's, do. He's now calling um, the, the deportation of his son to Serbia an assassination attempt, which is fantastic. But, but, but is he saying like an assassination of his character? No. Or as he Jerry Jones would say, Karakata. No, no. He sees it as an attack on, on Serbia and a Serbian. So an assassination of the Serbian name kind of thing is what yeah. he's saying. Incredible, this guy. Nice. Oh, how can you top the Jesus thing? You know no, what I mean? No, you can't. You can't, you can't. He's being treated like Jesus. So this goes one step further. Remember I told you there was a possible three-year ban? Well, yeah. It's now... Three-year ban. Yeah, I saw that. He's been banned for three years. Three years. 
And now, do you want to hear the cherry uh, on top of all of this? Let's hear it. Oh, you're going to love this. Let me just log on to the uh, read the headline, right? Cherry on top, right? Novak Djokovic set to be barred from French Open after major vaccine no decision. No ways. I promise you. On 7 News Australia. No ways. From France? From France. This has sparked controversy worldwide. When did that come out? So that was... Um, yeah, it is what two hours ago. Three okay. hours ago. But that's another level now. Yeah, because now it's not just Australia. Now the French are saying, "Listen, we we don't want the PR the the way Australia had it." Because now I don't know if you saw last night, there was a an, a hashtag all over Twitter saying, um, "Boycott Australian Open." Oh, no. That's going around and it's catching fire. Yeah, I'm sure. Especially, you, you know what the problem is? Is that with Twitter, it feels like the whole world feels a certain way. You know what I mean? Like 1% of the world is on Twitter, if that. Yeah. So it, it's so difficult to separate that once it, you, you know, like 3 million people tweet something. It feels like the whole world is on. Whereas in reality, normal Australians, most normal Australians are probably like, get them out of here. We've been living basically as prisoners for 18 months to 24 months. Why does he get a pass? Yeah, exactly. The, the, the sort of fringe left, fringe right people who are, oh, these are, these are warrior for freedom of speech or whatever nonsense, like people, pseudo intellectuals think, you know, he's some martyr for like things don't change if you don't challenge. This is not Nelson Mandela. Like, sorry, he he has no idea, unless I've missed something. Does Novak Djokovic understand genetics all of a sudden and medicine? I don't know. Has he been doing experiments in the, in a basement somewhere in Serbia? Has he, does he, you know, is he, is he now some sort of, has he, has he accessed people that are like aliens and they, their medicine's 300 years ahead of ours? I don't know. But ah, has, France. has he now just screwed himself for all future tennis? Because um, you don't want this kind of PR. You know, especially tennis. It's it's the good sport. There's never been bad. There's been anything bad about tennis. You know, tennis has been the good guy sport. I think the worst people have said about tennis is that <laughs> the Williams sisters have been dominating for too long. But sure. that's about as far as it gets. Sure. You, you know, uh, you, you're too right there. But you, you, you know where, like you said, with the countries and the, and France, a big concern for Australia is because let's be very clear: governments are not in service of the people, and I think we saw that in lockdown. They're in service to themselves, and one thing governments hate is civil unrest because Australia saw now that the Djokovic thing divided them. Even if, cause in order for trouble to start, I don't know if you've read a book called the madness of crowds, crowds, Douglas Adams. No, must read, must read, especially in the times we live in. Uh, it, it really dumbs down how stupid get 
how stupid people get when very few, a small crowd, because revolutions take a small crowd. People think you need 7 billion people. So No, no, no. Of the 7 billion people in the world, you get 100 mil- million on side. The world's got serious problems. Mm. Well, world War II didn't need 90% of the world to get involved. It needed a rabble-rouser revolting human from Germany and a Russian bloke, you know, and one or two things to go a certain way. Boom. It's on. World War II. You know what I mean? Mm. Is especially the, the, in inverted commas, civilized world. And I mean, if you, if you're au fait with the Arab Spring, you understand that was just a Twitter movement, which changed the face of North Africa forevermore. And I think that's what the civilized world fears the most. You know, in South Africa, we don't mind a bit, like kikes are just talking or, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of burning down, you know, burn down a mall or, or 15. It's not news for us. But in Australia, they hate that. The system is built to reject unrest. Mm. Everybody, every, everything must be placid. You know, in Australia, let's keep everyone the same and let the system work. Police them. You know what I mean? Supine. And it does work. But it, 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 it works if, en masse. If you want to keep, if you want to keep tens of millions of people relatively safe, because you can't keep ab- uh, people absolutely safe in the world. You need systems. Mm. Simple as. And, but I think what France don't want is civil unrest. They, they just, cause they're a socialist country. And they already had civil unrest. Well, they've constantly had it. So the French will strike. Do you remember when vaccines were oh. first, um, imposed? I mean, listen, they had the they petrol strikes. The streets. Yeah. And just before that, remember the petrol strikes. Where the, the yeah, no, no, the, the yellow, um, what's it? The yellow vests. That was a huge problem in France. And that's quite recent. Yeah. And also, France is socialist. They are unashamedly, we do not, our government is at the center. You, you know, they are not playing that. Um, but then, this is my question. So, after all of this, does Djokovic play again? And I'm not saying from his perspective, I'm saying, is there going to be a tennis tournament that's going to allow this? Because now, what you're essentially doing, if Djokovic does get through, right, if he does play one of these tournaments, what you are saying is if you have enough money and you have enough fame and you have enough all of this, you get the you get the pass. You know, why does he get the pass? What's the law in the UK? Is it, uh, do you have to be vaxxed to get in there? I know it is a it is a requirement. I think I think oh, really? to to travel there, yeah. Okay, well, I don't know, because um, that's obviously the next one, Wimbledon. Oh, and US, I know you got to be. And you have Boris under the UK. Yeah, Boris lied though. They, they were having drinks the whole time. Too. <laughs> Did you listen to that apology? Sorry, Boris, you look ridiculous. Get a haircut. Um, Boris's brother hates him, by the way. It's a lot of people that hate him. Even his parents hate him. They moved to France. They were like, I'm, my, our son is governing the country. Get out of here. Oh, is that what happened with Brexit? <laughs> no, I, they I, left. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> but, oh, Novak, 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 Novak. You, you know, often in conflict, and we were talking about it earlier, I don't regret anything I've done in my life. But I, there are so many situations where I look back and, and think, Man, I could have dealt with that so much better. 
Yeah, I don't think you're the only one. Because everybody always thinks about the fallout externally. Again, I come back to my personality type. I always now think about the fallout internally. Because I don't really care what people have to say about me, right? Which Novak clearly doesn't. He's chosen this route. I care what I think about me in the end. Because it's all good and well to lie to the world. Yeah, I'm this, I'm that, and the other. But you know when it's just you and your pillow and your thoughts? What then? And ultimately, that's no, that's who Novak has to live with. He yeah. doesn't have to live with all of us. He's rich. He's the greatest tennis player of all time. He's... He's an he's an he's a beacon for what mankind is capable of if you dedicate yourself to something for for a lifetime. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to take that away from him. It doesn't reduce his greatness as a tennis player. But we're all flawed, and and this has to you, you have to ask yourself: is listen when you get to this level, play the game as well, Novak. Like it's not just about you. I know. Like it's all good and well if some loser. From Serbia, it's like, oh, I don't care, vaccines or whatever. That's fine. No one cares. But you must understand your role in society. And I I don't think sportsmen should be role models. But he should also understand where he stands in society. You know what I mean? Is that he needs to do those gifts come with responsibilities. And that's not that's out of his hands, by the way. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. So, what a mess. Does he play again? I mean, Sweden. You can play in Sweden. Can I tell you what annoys the, the hell out of me out of this whole thing, right? Is during the time he was in Australia, so what, he was hum, there for how many days? 10 days? Uh-huh. He still found time. Now, I don't know if you follow the Australian duo um, Hamish and Andy on, on the podcast. No. Big in the podcasting scene. Science podcast one, I think. Or listener, as they call it. He managed to find time to have an interview with him. Not under duress, like the father said it was the you know, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Sure. He managed to do like a fun game of guess who with Andy Lee, who's one of the... In studio or, or call? Must be a call. I think it must, yeah. Because he was detained, wasn't he? So he couldn't leave. <laughs> God, that's hilarious. So you, the, can't actually, you can't like comprehend the story. This is unreal. It's actually unreal. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but you know what? I wonder if he now takes the Colin Kaepernick... Um, and you, you know what... What I know about rich, powerful people, they don't like to be made to look stupid. And if you don't think governments work together, especially in the, in the first world, it might be a little conspiracy theory, but please don't for a second think tennis itself as an organization, right? The World Tennis Association uh, might not just lock him out. The ATP tour might just say, that's not the guy we want with the most titles ever. Unless you knuckle down and do the thing, then sure. So I think maybe, you know what they'll, they'll do? Because the holy grail for Novak is, and you know what sucks about his ban from Australia? Is he now never going to get to 10? Yeah. He's 31 now. Three-year ban. That's what I'm saying. I did see Senzo put a, a, a thing on the group saying that they might call him back. There might be certain exemptions, but ah, that's nonsense. Well, the, the, the prime minister said that's hypothetical for now. Sure. So what I'm saying though is somebody else is going to get to ten. Well, no, I think the closest next is six. Oh, is it? No, no. I didn't realize he was so. No, he's the so king. Close. He's the best tennis player of all time. I like, I love Roger, but Novak's the best. He he got to twenty, 
like five years before Roger did with less competition. Roger had less competition. He just had Nadal and Novak joined them at the end. Mm. He's unstoppable. He's the greatest Aussie Open uh, player of all time. You know what I mean? So I think they'll block him out because remember the next, the next major he wins, he's on 21 all alone. Mm. And I think as a symbol, I think the, the four majors just say to him, nah, this ain't gonna work, chief. Um, we, we can't, <laughs> b- because when he wins 21, right? What is he now? He's the billboard yeah. of tennis forever. And, and you don't want somebody like that being billboard. Well, um, I agree with you. I see the point you're trying to make. Yeah. I don't think the bureaucrats, now some rebel, like some rebels would like that, but bureaucrats, if there's one thing they hate, it's controversy. Mm. Imagine now if he's the face of, oh, the greatest of all time. See, the thing about Roger is that's great. Now you got to, I mean, Roger, they had to force Nike to make him that white blazer. I don't know if you remember it. The, the, that terrible white blazer they forced him to wear. Wow. You know what I mean? Mm. Is that that's what, Roger is what the corporates love. They can't stand what's happening now. You Because you know, the guys at the French Open are like, we just want to organize tennis and make all of the money. And you want people who are going to go with it. And in these times, the the, the guys are, go, are going – because all tennis tournaments, especially in Europe, right, where the rules actually matter, unlike Africa where rules are a suggestion, is that they're thinking, oh, my goodness, the pain of putting on a tournament in these conditions, because our politicians are right up our backside, by the way, because politici- po- politicians were waiting for a pandemic. You know what I mean? They love having their fingers all over. Let's make more rules. Oh. You know what I mean? Let's lock them away. Like they love that. And now the, the, the tennis associations around the world, uh, Roland Garros will be going, the, the hoops we have jumped through to put this on. And then we must now come and explain to the French society and get involved in a, in the most, I mean, would you say the pandemic and, and COVID has been the most divisive thing? What in the last five years? Sure. Maybe. <laughs> it's caused a lot of, you know, controversy everywhere. What was the last thing that globally divided people like this? I can't remember. I don't no. want to say World War II. I'm sure there's been something since uh, 1945. I remember when I was in school. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, listen, primary school. W- w- listen, we had apartheid, obviously. Yeah, okay, yeah. fine. But I'm saying in the free world, I don't think we, and in inverted commas, free world, in the last 30 years, has there been anything that like this? There was, there was something when I was in school. It was swine flu. Swine, no. but I don't know if that was a global thing or bird flu. No, no, no. Well, well, that's when it came here to South Africa. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that wasn't even a pandemic. That was just like, oh no, there's swine flu again. And there's been, by the way, swine flus. Oh, there's been many, many variants of that. So it's not. There isn't one. But I mean, it was big for us. No, our, our schools were not allowed to give medication after that. Yeah, we we were. You know, if someone's sick, they go home. Sure, that was non-negotiable. Yeah. But but I just mean also no one was arguing about vaccines or anything. Yeah, no, no, no. There's nothing. There has been nothing like this in the last well since I've been alive. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Novak Djokovic, what a firecracker that guy is. You cheapest. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder in a year's time when his life settles down. Well, go to Oprah. <laughs> he must. <laughs> hey, do not make yeah. the same mistake that R. Kelly did. Firstly, don't. Abuse young women. R. Kelly did that part and it's now been proven. So don't do that. Nobody must do that. But also don't go to Kelly. You go straight to Oprah. If you're Novak. 
immediately. But now does Oprah take him because she's oh, pro-vaccination? Are you kidding me? Oprah sets up a new set. Stedman's going to make him sign some other oh, contract. Don't even worry about that. Stedman's already got 18 contracts set up right now. Right now. He's not even, tra- he's not even charging Oprah. No. It's like, oh, of course not. It's like I would. But nice house. I like the orchard. I like living there. I like my guest house. Well, what do you, I wonder what Stedman's hobbies are. What do you think the guy's up to? Like, I think he just takes people on for fun. Like, he doesn't even charge people anymore. Do you think Oprah lets him use her credit card? I've always wondered that. Like, or, or do you think it's like, oh, honey, you use your own money. You've got a job. We, you're in a relationship with me, not my money. Has he got any fingers in, um, What's it? Uh, the Oprah Winfrey Network? Probably not. You don't think so? No, because he knows his place. Uh, he knows his place. He's because haven't haven't they got some sort of company combined that they can use the money together? But that's what I'm saying. I wonder. I'm pretty sure not. Like a guy, if he's been able to hold it together for this long, it's just like okay, my money. So a friend of mine once told me something. Now this might be, this has bigotry written all over it, but I do find it hysterical. He said the thing about women is this. She operates this way. Your money is our money. My money is my money. Wow. That's probably what Oprah says. So I reckon Stedman knows his place. Because also, a guy like Stedman, if you're able to hold it together this long, he knows which side his bread's buttered. So however they started is how it is now. Because he knows never to go ruffling the... (laughs) Him and Gail. Do, do, yeah, no, well, Gail obviously has to clean the socks off the floor if she wants to hang around. Uh, there's no free lunch. I mean, you're Oprah's bestie, but, you know, you must also, you know. Work. Yeah, Oprah, In your place. Yeah, Oprah didn't get you. Just letting, letting hangers on. <laughs> you know what I mean? I gave you a show as well. Like, please yeah. scrub the kitchen floor or whatever Gail has to do. Gail does what she has to do. But I, who do you think pays the bill? You think Oprah – do you think Oprah – do you think Oprah likes being taken out on dates still? Yes. You reckon? Yeah. And what, does Stedman must She's pay? tired of covering for herself. Yeah. You reckon Stedman still has to pretend? Stedman's probably like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a flex. If you're paying for Oprah, let, think about it. She has more money than God. Yeah. So if you're paying for Oprah, do they you're got, still saying, mm, Do they I go out it. in public? I don't know. I, I would. Why not? You Stedman. Nah. But who's 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 the trophy here? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Because Oprah, you would think, is the trophy, but I think Stedman's the real trophy. He's a hero, dude. He's a hero to me. I, like, I don't know what other people feel, but he's a hero, and he, he, he'll never get enough credit. No matter if they gave him a Game of Thrones-style 10-part series, it wouldn't be enough credit for what this man's done for, for mankind. Because mm. without his support... Because people always seem to think without Jeff Bezos' wife's support, he would never have been Jeff Bezos. So I think we should say the same about Oprah. You know what I'm saying? What a man. What a, what a freaking a beacon of hope. Stedman, huh? The least. Maybe I should you – know, you think I could get a coffee with Stedman? There's no way. There's no way. Like he's – there's no way. How would I – who's got his number? Who's got Stedman's number? No one. Do you think Stedman's on TikTok? Do you think he watches like TikTok? Because maybe we can organize that. Maybe we send him an invite on TikTok. Like Stedman, if you're listening. You reckon? He probably watches AFCON. Stedman, huh? Yeah, what else has he got to do? 
What does he do when Oprah's at work? <laughs> he sits in his office. You know, it's that office where don't don't go in statements working. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if Oprah takes on the classic I'm in a relationship role. Because everyone knows you're Oprah Winfrey. Like like she does not need anybody. But 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 do you think do you think she still does the classic, ah, my man crazy? Or do yeah. you, you reckon you reckon yeah, yeah. people are people? Like I just think, I just think when you're surrounded by so much seriousness as Oprah and Stedman are, yeah, I think they they're quite goofy behind the scenes. You reckon they're just normal people, just like I think more normal than what you think. You, do you think Oprah is still like, hey, Stedman, take or oh, this this trash is still in the kitchen? Do you think that's a real thing in their lives? No, that's Gail. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Good stuff today. <laughs> oh, man. Oprah Winfrey. What I would do for a month of just hanging out. She could be a fly on the wall. Oh, huh? my God. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, dude? Like, like I wonder if Stedman just goes to her and like, no, stop that. Like, so, no. Stop moaning at jail. Yeah, or, or like she's just doing her job. Or, yeah, or just also like, like no. I, I wonder if he's the only person in the world who can go to Oprah and go, "Stop it! You're being unreasonable." Because no, think of Oprah's life from sun sun up to sundown. Who on earth is going to her and saying, "Now, Oprah, that's a good idea," but what do you think of this? Like, who has the confidence to do that? Mm. Or do you think, do you think Oprah has like six or seven people that she's kept around who can call her out? Maybe that's why she's so Okay, still around. I, I don't know. I, I think she was abandoned, wasn't she? I don't know. Then, we, then maybe Stedman still has the thing. That's like, what. A, get a grip. Like, if she's picking up a few pounds, do you think he goes to her and goes, honey, come on now. <laughs> maybe it's just a girl. Stop putting sugar in there. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's the MKT show. For today, we are the hell out of here.